Greetings, cultivators of the future. Welcome. This is the Aster Education Podcast. We got a big, juicy, hot topic for you today. All right. So first, Miss Catherine, introduce yourself. Tell the people what's up. How's it going? I am over here in Vermont. It is currently snowing a lot. That just came down in the last 10 minutes. I'm not happy about that. But, you know, such is life in the winter. Um, today, we are joined by a good friend of mine, um, Mr. Kevin Lewis. Kevin, Hello. You, what's going on? Well, you know, literally chilling. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Negative 10 degrees. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. It is cold. <laughs> it, uh, that, is, that is the truth. That's the statement right there. I'm here. I'm I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. Uh, can't wait. Um, so so I don't think he's going to say it. He's not going to tell you guys, but let me just let you know. I just discovered, you know, Mr. Kevin Lewis, his his title, you know, because on this show, on the Ask the Education podcast, everybody has to have a title. And, and you, sir, your, your title is the disruptor of societal norms. Was that what, what it was? Or was it the disruptor of conventional thinking? I think that's what it was. Okay. It can yes. be both. Societal norms, conventional thinking, you, you choose it, you do it. Okay, so boom, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Um, you're super enthusiastic about education, really passionate about music, and I think you want to cultivate a brighter future. So tell us, like, what's, what's going on? Like, what is, in, in, in one sentence, maybe, all right, three, three sentences, why do you love education? Uh, well, it's education itself, like that, that transcendence of what you take in and what you learn and then applying it to your life. Uh, super. It was, I mean, it was a pivotal thing for me in my life. And uh, you know, you, I've seen it as a, an educator myself, um, whether that is you know, in a professional setting, like the work that I do uh, or whether it's uh, more of a personal connection with friends and family Education as an institution just it it naturally uplifts. That's all. Yeah. Nice. Love that. Love that. All right. So, Catherine, you yes, sir, have a big topic for us, and you know we love to talk about education, but today we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, current events. I guess this would be a current events episode, uh, and really trying to, I guess, come at well. I'll let you introduce to Catherine since you, you're the content manager, you know, you, you'll have like, right. a nice way to quickly say it. So go ahead. Before, before I get, get to today's topic, trivia, trivia, I do trivia. want to just yep, give the trivia answer. Last week's trivia question was in what state, and these, this is based on true events, did a KKK member, a black community organizer, and an NAACP leader have to figure out how to get black students into integrated into schools um, after their school burned down. And the answer is Durham, North Carolina. The movie is with Taraji P. Henson. Ooh, it's called The Best of Enemies. It, It came out in 2019. It's a good movie based on true events. Before seeing that movie, I had no idea that that had happened. One of those pieces of history that's pretty incredible that we don't necessarily always get taught. So if you have Netflix or if you have a way to stream movies and you can find it, it's definitely worth a look. 
Um, and today's topic, we're kind of, kind of, if, if you follow Robert on Instagram and you go through his content, he made um, a post the other day that we're going to kind of get into because I thought it was, it was worth taking the time to discuss. And it's about uh, COVID. Um, so today's question that I kind of want to pose, if, if, you, if you saw Robert's uh, content about COVID, you can, you can visit his Instagram link and he has a bunch of stuff on there. Um, and, and based on that, he, he brought up the tensions that people are experiencing between co- the, the existence of COVID and COVID being a reality in all of our lives now um, and fear or other, other strains on our mental health that might not be as directly addressed when we discuss COVID. So that's kind of, that's our topic. That's what we want to get in. And I was having a conversation with this with uh, Kevin the other day. And so I thought he had some really great things to say about it. So I thought it would be great to have him jump on and, and let us know his thoughts and kind of get into this, this topic. So Kevin, before you jump in, I do want to, you know, just to, in a nutshell, we do believe that COVID-19 is in fact real, right? Yes. Um, if you guys saw the post, uh, well, if you want to see the post, give me a follow. Aster is at Aster underscore education. It's going to be on Instagram. And the title of the post was, is COVID really real? And, you know, as we just said, yes, like we, we think it's real. Um, but what we want to bring up right now is, is it as real as, as it's being portrayed in the media? Or is fear fueling its energy? Right? So, so Kevin, what do you think? Like, what are your thoughts? You know, how do you weigh in? Is it as real as if people think? Or, or is fear having some kind of effect, uh, you know, having some kind of influence, you know, causing psychosomatic symptoms? Yeah. Uh, well, what a, you know, what a great question to pose, especially like, you know, now as we enter in uh, COVID 3.0 with, or- with uh, Omicron, uh, mm-hmm. is, should we believe, uh, should we believe the hype? And uh, I think as somebody who does believe, you know, COVID is real, it poses a serious health threat to some individuals. It can, it has killed people um, regardless of their health or their age. And you can look at the data of people who have died from this, um, from the various strains of COVID. Um, And as we see um, more and more cases of this, we're going to discover the new strains and which strains are going to be most deadly. Who knows? But you have to have that conversation. You have to be open to trying to dissect why we're afraid because there's fear of what we do know. There is fear of what we don't know. And then there's the fear of what we don't know that we don't know. And in all of those ways, you can unpack what is there to be afraid of for COVID? What is there to not be afraid of for COVID? So from that lens, I, you know, we could probably spend hours talking about the, what mm-hmm. we know, what we don't know, we don't know. But you know, sticking with what we do know and what we do know that we do not know. There's enough there mm-hmm. to... Kat, you said you, you were so good at finishing my sentences. <laughs> you 
know, I, I am. And, and I think what you're <laughs> like, we have a lot here to dissect. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to be like hogging a microphone talking about before we've even begun answering the question, just talk, laying out all of the information. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think what I, you know, Robert, when I initially saw your post and, and then going off with uh, what Kevin is saying about the being afraid of what we don't know, we don't even know, like the, the layers and the depths to what we haven't even discovered that we don't understand yet. Um, what I kept kind of chewing on, which is why I really wanted to bring this topic up, was was not just that idea of fear, but it, it was a broader examination of, yes, we have this fear. We have certain fears, and depending on who you are, depending on your disposition, um, your your anxiety levels, or h- how you've been socialized to view COVID, um, because I can recognize that, you know, depending on the state you're you're living in, we're all being socialized by our state government to understand um, this virus and react to this virus very differently. Um, And what I kind of began to unpack for myself was we, we are lacking in mental health supports. So there are certain inevitables that we now have to live with. COVID is going to affect our life, our lives. It's going to change the policies in where we live. It's going to change the policies in where we work, where our kids go to school, uh, how we're interacting with one another, um, how we're comfortable interacting with one another. Um, and with that, we had a very short amount of time to adapt. And I, and I don't like to separate mental health from like the physical health of, of, of the human body because I think they're one. But often we have a disconnect. And I think the, the, the fears a lot of us are experiencing could perhaps be mitigated with more support on how to keep our minds and not just our bodies healthy through these times that we're in. Yes. And that's the yeah. exact purpose of the post. Like, that's precisely why I made it. Because there is a, a dearth, you know, there's a lack of mental health, mental fortitude like training and like like mind training um just overall success mentality or a success mindset uh and you know tapping into your intuition into your spirituality and your your limitless self is what i like to call it right but that's just really just you know your your spirit or your soul so yeah like that was the the reason i brought up you know or the purpose of belief right because i also mentioned that in the post i was like belief is really powerful and you know, I've been reading a lot of different books on the subconscious mind and how to tap in to that, that area of your, of your essence. Right. And if you want to do that, like you have to suspend the effects of the conscious mind. Right. Like, cause like you just said, we've been socially programmed to think and view the world in a certain way and believe certain things are true or accept them as true. So, you know, if we want to really improve as human beings, we have to unlearn those things, right? Disruptor, right? We have to disrupt those, <laughs> those mental thoughts, right? Exactly. You see, check out that song, by the way. For the listeners, I made a song on education reform. It's called Disruptor, um, just as Kevin's name is, you know, Disruptor. And it talks about the same concepts. But yeah, back to it. Um, 
yeah, you really want to focus on, you know, tapping in to those, those mental mind trainings. And that's why I do what I do on Instagram. You know, I call it life education. You know, I'm a life educator, uh, helping us to learn about those things that we didn't learn in school. And I think they don't, they don't teach you this on school for a reason. You know, they don't teach you this on purpose, you know? So I want to, I want to really change that, uproot that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, that, that, you know, bringing schools into it um, is, is interesting to me because I, I feel like in the system we have so much more can be taught. And, and if we changed, if we, if we were, willing to make the structure of school more malleable, we could cover a number of things, but, you know, Kevin, Kevin can definitely speak to this. Uh, um, we, we both work with the same demographic of kids and there is a, there is a concentrated effort in social emotional learning in the work that Kevin does. And um, I, I think that's, that's a wonderful thing to have for kids today um, but that's not necessarily something that was available to a lot of us, or it still isn't available to a lot of us, um, when, with our educations. And so if we're dealing with social emotional issues like COVID today as adults, how do we navigate that? Especially if it brings up anxieties, fears, um, concerns, and we don't have access to mental health care providers. And, and I, and I don't want to say it's because they're not available. They are available, but they are overrun with such a high need. There's a disproportionate need to the amount of mental health care providers we have. And should, is there a social responsibility to educate people to make them more aware of themselves and is that a responsibility that our community should be investing in? That's well, the question I want to pose. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to kind of like not make it so theoretical, like we already kind of pay for when those things are not met. We already pay for people's yeah. mental health services when they need an ambulance. We yeah. pay for people's mental health services in the forms of uh, you, you need to, they need to get serious attention through the form of emergency services. So mm. in essence, our tax dollars are already paying for somebody's mental health, but only at the extreme. So where, where are those preventative steps? Exactly. So how do we, where do we get those preventative steps? Exactly. Um, and some schools have made it, you know, uh, an effort before COVID to get kids uh, dental care checking in on kids' mental health, getting assistance through subsidy for you know, financial assistance, WIC programs. But with COVID, all, many of those services just became unavailable because we had to isolate, people have to quarantine, et cetera. The, the effects of having to go through a pandemic have limited people's access to these needs. Yeah. And, and, and because a lot of student needs are tied up with public schools, I think, I think sometimes it is not always recognized how much public schools do in terms of supporting kids. Where is the broader, uh, in your post, Robert, you brought up, uh, the news, you know, the news does a lot of reporting on COVID, which I believe it, it, 
it should. I, I want to know the information that's out there. I want to be able to learn and to listen and to be able to make informed decisions for myself and my own health. And in that same vein, you, you hear a lot of news about how many people have gotten sick, how many people have been affected, the types of ways the job market and the economy are you know, in this ebb and flow and, and it, everything is very uncertain. And within that uncertainty, is there a responsibility for news cycles to provide people with tools to create mental fortitude, to create a, uh, an emotional mental resilience, not ignoring it, but when you get just concerning, worrying, anxious news all the time, where is the buffer there for we're giving you this information and we also want to back you up with here resources that we are going to give you? You know, I love that question because that's exactly my same idea is like, why is there so much fear on the news? Like, why do they want you to be so scared and so worried? And I don't know, like, I feel like to make you not take big actions, I, I don't know, like keep you small. Maybe that's why it is. But I feel like the way out is not to try to ask the big dogs, you know, the people on top or the people in control to, you know, or, you know, protesting or do any of that stuff. Like, oh, we want change or we want this or revolution. Like, I don't think revolution is the way because you see how that happens in, in history. Like the same thing happens again. It's just a cycle. Um, so instead, I think if we want to, the real revolution would be to terraform the earth. Right, like to literally terraform the place that you're on anew. Um, and it's how all right, I'm not sure, but that's the vision. Like, we have to have like shift our vision to not like adding on new ways. Like, all right, so you know how some schools have like all right, meditation, like as a little program or an add on mm -hmm. or initiative, mm -hmm. and, and, and like that's not going to stop people from really shifting their beliefs, like, it'll help. But like, if we want to do it on a wider scale, we want to do it on a national level, we want to really like re make some real impact in the future generations to come, like we have to do it on like a, a systemic level, right? Like from like really rebuilding that from the ground up. So yeah, like I, I think like that's why I have my vision of building 10 schools in all of the 50 states. Cause it's like, if I start or like I have a whole team of people that wanted to do that, right? Which I probably will. You know, then if we're building our own schools and we're creating our own curriculum, right? And then people will ask you, oh, like, what about, you know, the DOE? Don't you have to talk to them? I, I, I'm not worried about that. You know, like, like the, the focus is to, the, the main thing is to bring humanity into schooling. You know, because I think that's my main, if I had to say, like, what's your main mission? Like, what's your main mm -hmm. purpose is to really bring that humanity into schooling. And I think all this fear mongering or like this fear perpetuation rather, right? on the news, you know, like, you know, with the COVID, like really blowing it out of proportion, right? Because of course, again, like, yes, we're, we know that COVID was real and we know that there's new diseases that, that happen that come out. Um, but I don't know, like, I, why the need to make it such a, to blow it into a bigger thing? And like, instead of that, like they could have used the resources, like how we just saying, right, to teach them how to cope with that or like how I was saying, like, I, I, like I told you before this call, right. I read different books on, you know, how to unlock your subconscious mind. And they talk about ways of healing, like, like psychological healing 
that, you know, you know, you know about prayer, right? Like when people pray and like, it mm-hmm. kind of helped me to rethink that idea of prayer. It's like, all right, prayer is not necessarily just trying to pray to a, a deity, like God or something like that. It's actually a way to meditate, actually a way to suspend your subconscious, your conscious mind. So that way you could tap into those healings, you know? And it's funny because like, if you read these different books and I'll, maybe I'll leave some of the show notes, but, um, one of the books I think I was reading was what, how to like, literally like how to unlock your subconscious mind. I think it might've been called that. Or I think it was called the power of your subconscious. Yeah. Mm. And, and it was talking about, you know, the power of just simply believing in an idea and focusing on that idea. Like when people have all those different rituals, you know, like the moon water or like, what's another ritual? Like, I don't I know. I think like crystals are becoming quite Exactly. Big. Right. Like yeah. crystals, palm reading, like all that stuff itself. And this is my belief. Like, this is what the book was saying, but I, I believe it. You know, I'm backing it up, but I'm not saying that this is truth. You know, I'm just saying this is what I believe. Um, but, you know, those different things are in themselves not necessarily true. It's the fact that you give them credence. Like, it's the fact that you actually believe in them, that they, mm-hmm. they have an effect. Like, what is really happening is your subconscious mind is accepting it as true and then acting on it. You know how you know about hypnotism, right? Like, when you mm-hmm. get hypnotized, um, you become very suggestible. So that's basically what that is. Is like, you know, making people, a person highly suggestible, uh, hypnotizing them. I think that's what they basically do with, with the news, right? It's a type of hypnosis, right? People are very suggestible to the news because of the quote-unquote cognitive authority that it propagates, Ooh. right? Kev, so. Kev, I want to hear, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Robert. <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off, but just knowing, just knowing Kev, I, I have to hear your ideas on the news as a form of, of hypnosis. Yeah, I, Robert, so. I have never heard that before. And now, <laughs> now I'm intrigued. Oh boy. Yeah. I think that's the first time I've ever said that phrase like that. <laughs> that, that what, a, what a great way of putting it because like, we have um, one lens of looking at the news cycle is uh, it is a for-profit entity. Uh, so the, in the ways in which it engages its audience are monetary or for monetary gain. So, you know, Kat, you put this question before of like, what is the responsibility of uh, the news? Well, the responsibility of the news in a for-profit market is to make as much profits as possible. So whether mm. it's uh, whether your news is uh, right leaning or less right leaning, you're going to get different advertisements, different talking points. The way that they will phrase or frame a quote unquote problem or mm. frame a discussion um, is entirely around the collective buy-in of the audience for whatever thing they're pushing. Whether that's you know, I don't want to like name drop any specific news organizations because eventually, you know, like we ourselves want to get sponsorships from places so that way we can make some ad revenue uh, uh, through various streaming services, whether that looks like Spotify, uh, YouTube, whatever. We, we, mm-hmm. we do want to make some money, but that's also how we have judged success. And by we as like collectively as a society, if we're going to buy into a capitalist narrative of uh, of an economy, the the way that we show success, the way that we gain uh, titles is through uh, monetary gains. So then, is that how narrative hypnosis through media 
is pervasive is the reason I'm just going to use that now because I, I think it's, <laughs> I've never thought of the news that way. Um, but is, is, is capitalism and living in a capitalistic society driving our understanding based on people, external factors or external agendas wanting to make money? So, so in other words, are our opinions being, no matter what your opinion is, is it being formed through the sources you consume to specifically make somebody else money? And is that what we're doing in healthcare? Is that what we're doing in education? Is that what we're doing with our job markets and, and who has access to goods and has our access to free thought, has that been made into a commodity? Um, well, considering how I have to pay to observe or rent a article through a, like a journal, like through various paywalls, or I can pay, you know, 200 bucks for a yearly subscription so I can learn, you know, so I can have access to the latest journals, um, the latest forms of, uh, scientific inquiry. You will, will never, I don't think we could ever know that question because even if everybody came at it with the best intentions, having those financial stop gates would make it questionable. Like it questions the ethics, you know, like even if everybody, every individual who went into something was like, yeah, I'm doing this for all the right reasons, whatever those reasons are, I'm doing it for all the right reasons. But at the end of the day, um, the for-profit narrative is there. At the end of the day, somebody has to make money for it to be deemed successful. You've already lost credibility. Hmm. And you know, that's super interesting. Um, and I love this conversation. This is super juicy. And I, this may be the, <laughs> the, my American upbringing, right? I'm, I'm here. You know, this is where I'm from. I, uh, this is, you know, I can't say I'm from someplace else, but uh, I don't know. Like you said, uh, you brought a really good point about the science, like about the, cause that I've experienced that same thing. I try to go to education week. I'm trying to like learn, you know, why, what's some current events in, in educational world, what's going on. And it's like, Oh, you want to read the, the third one? Oh, you got to pay. I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, I get that. I totally do get that. It's, I'm also thinking about providing value too. you know, it's like, all right. Uh, cause I was reading this book and it was saying, Hey, listen, if you provide value, then, you know, you, you should be paid because you need to eat and live yeah. indoors. They, like, it's like, you need to eat and live indoors. I love that one. Um, and that at the end of the day, that is true. And it's like, if that wasn't the case, like if somehow your housing and all your basic other life necessities were good, uh, I don't know, like maybe money would be viewed differently. Like it's just that money is imbued into the society. Like it's like you literally would need it in order to, if you want to just survive, I, I didn't say thrive or like uh, cultivate a brighter future. I, I just said survive. You just want to subsist. Okay, great. Like, you know, you, you need money, but if you want to even like do anything else other than just being like regular average or just, you know, stay in the same spot, like you need to, you need money, you know, that's just how our society is made. But I, I don't know. I do, I do agree with the idea of providing value. Like if you, if you provide value in some way, 
just the simple fact that you do need to eat and live indoors. Like I, you, you do need to make something if you're giving somebody some kind of value. Uh, it's a classic barter system, you know, and that goes back a long time. Yeah. And there's uh there's productive forms of labor. Like you did, mm-hmm. you performed a service. Here is financial compensation or some sort of good, uh, like there's an exchange because what you did has this product at the end of it. But then there's also right. unproductive forms of labor. Um, things like the arts or uh, education, both unproductive forms of labor. You cannot tell, I don't think you could ever convince a teacher that what they did today at the end of that work day has a specific market value <laughs> at the end, you know, you can go, you can go into work. Um, you could be a bartender and you could ring out a, a register that shows how much money was made in that register. But at the end of a work day for uh, a musician, like sure they can like count ticket sales, but for any specific day uh, was the effort that they put in to create uh, what was the cost uh, of whatever they made? So when we when it comes to providing, uh, we have to expand our idea of what labor is. We have to expand on what it means to be productive in society. Also, hmm. I love this. We we're so we are out of time. I think we this is the first time I've ever let the the conversation go over because this is such a great conversation, uh, and I think oh, listeners yeah. would love this one too. But um, I think that was a, if, if we can just save this bookmarker, you know, and have you back on for that other conversation about capitalism, labor, and providing value, I think that would be a great episode to have you back on. Oh, absolutely. Whenever, whenever you want me, I, I, this is fun. I, yeah. I enjoy talking. I, I enjoy being a, uh, a social disruptor. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Disruptor, yes. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for being on. Thank you, Catherine, for content creating. Al. Yeah. And thank you, thank you, listeners, for showing up. Thank you for being here. Uh, once again, you've been listening to the Astro Education Podcast. We've been tuned in with Robert Astwood, cultivator of a brighter future. That's my tagline. I'd love to say that. Or cultivating a oh you always hear me saying, uh, trying to cultivate a brighter future. I'm always saying that somehow, some way. But yeah, um, so answer Catherine's. Well, uh, the trivia, don't forget about it. And hopefully I'll post it. I haven't been posting. I'm sorry. I, I know I said I would post it last time. Don't hate me, but I haven't posted it again. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. But, it's um, all good. We'll get them up. We'll get them up somehow. We'll get it. We have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of things going for us. So like I said, this podcast is leveling up. And um, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe Kev can do uh, like a musical intro next time. <laughs> Uh, if you're wondering what my what my sound is like, uh, I am available on Spotify and other streaming Air, platforms. There you go. Um, let them you know. Let find, them know. What was that? <laughs> I was like, let them know. You got on the. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta know. let them know. Um, you so, if you are yeah. interested, uh, I mean, it's all stuff that I've produced and mixed myself. Um, so there's a level of uh, like amateurness to it. But if you want to find it, it's under uh, Kevin Lewis on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you listen to. Um, I do have other stuff that I like. I have my whole catalog also available on Bandcamp, nice. also under the name awesome. Kevin Lewis. Okay, great. So you know what? I'm going to make sure we get that in the show notes. We love the show notes. 
All right. So we're going to put all those different things. I'm going to try to get some different books on the subconscious mind, maybe try and throw three of them in there. Um, you know, if any of you listeners are interested in that stuff and yeah, definitely follow Kevin, listen to his music. I think I will as well. Um, and I don't know, Catherine, you want to give your, your handle to, is anybody, is anybody messaging you, Catherine? Is anybody, is anybody out here? Um, well, you know, the way my account is set up, is it is, it is private. <laughs> and so I do have to oh, like remember okay. that if somebody requests me, then I do have to accept the follow which right. I forgot that that's what it was. Um, <laughs> no so worries. classic. Uh, so if, classic. if you're trying to reach me at Catherine underscore McKenna underscore, chances are <laughs> I will forget that you requested <laughs> and you will sit in that inbox. Not oh, because man. I don't want the follow, but because technology and i do not do not always see eye to eye um which is really just going into settings and changing one thing you think i could do it and i just forget every time but after this conversation it looks like i have a lot of new content to drop oh yeah absolutely yeah when i'm listening back to this you'll see some some posts you know on, on similar you know topics in this so yeah we've got some great stuff to to move forward with yeah. All right. Well, great. This was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for no coming problem. on, Kev. Yeah. Oh, and also, if you guys are listening still, um, be sure to check out my link in the Instagram bio for a copy of the Essence of Education. Check it out. If you want to read, you know, everything we're talking about with rethinking our schools and systemic change, I already talked about it in that book. Go ahead, check it out. Bye. All right. Well, thank you so much. Stay cultivating.